This is the anthem. Here's what you came for. This is the moment. Magic was made for. Hello there. Welcome back to Fanfatals. Take a ride with us on the Hogwarts Express. Walk down Main Street with our best super pals. And defy gravity as we talk about all things fandom. Hello and welcome back to Fan Fatales. Hello and welcome back to Fan a member of the Real Fans Podcast Network. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby. And we are finally back from our little Woo! summer vacation, which was a little longer than expected, but very much yes. needed. Yes. But now we can finally talk about a series that came out over that little break. Well, I guess it, it wrapped up. Uh, it started like May 27th, which when was the last episode we recorded? I don't even remember. <laughs> it was before Nashville, which was like June? June 17th. So it was like the week of June 11th? Yeah, so like pretty much right like around the time ago. we stopped is when Obi-Wan came out. Yeah. The, so, or Kenobi so, came out, rather. Yeah. So the it like ended around now. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about Kenobi as well as some wonderful ladies of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, some more underrated, not like, I know we usually talk about like Leia and Padme and Ahsoka Ahsoka. and like all those ladies that are like amazing and wonderful. We're going to talk about some of the more unspoken heroes. Yeah. Notice how neither of us said Rey when we mentioned that. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Yeah. Or, Or Jin. Or there's a lot of, there's a lot of great female characters that we talk about, but. There's a lot that nobody really talks about, I feel like. Yeah, and that's the ladies I chose to include. Yeah, great. So, um, but yeah. Shall we get so started? I, yes. I would <laughs> like to say real quick, though, um, I did talk a little bit about my opinions on Kara's podcast, Generation Geek, so go listen to that episode during the break that we had. I guessed it on Kara, our lovely editor's podcast. Yeah. So, Kenobi. I loved it. Thoughts. <laughs> I loved it. I agree. Um, I don't want to bring up my favorite moments, like, right at the beginning. I mean, same, but, like, also I do at the same time, so we could just... baby it. Leia. <laughs> right. You could... I baby loved, Leia. Okay, two things. Number one, I loved her portrayal. You could absolutely see how that Leia became Carrie Fisher's Leia. 100%. She was so good. Second, anybody who gave her crap can go to hell. Same with the actress who played Reffa. Yeah. Anybody who gave them any sort of crap can go to hell. Because they were yeah. great. And you know it. Yeah. I mean, did you see all the posts that... I forget her name, the actress who played Reva. I'm going to look that up. But did you see all the hate that she... Oh, uh, okay, that did not help me. 
Yes, I did. I did see all the hate posts and I saw everybody reacting to it and being like, this is freaking stupid, which I agree. I think Star Wars is for everybody. And anybody yep. who disagrees is a gatekeeper. And gatekeepers, yep. there's no room for gatekeepers. GTFO, man. Okay. Moses Ingram. Yes. Is her name. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was getting death threats in her Instagram DMs Which and is stuff like, like that. Why? What? What is the purpose? Like, like She played an amazing villain. She was a great villain. Yes. You know who And I can we talk like? about who? I didn't like... I don't even know what his name is, but he was like the Grand Inquisitor, the guy who looked like he had beat speakers for years. Oh, the like seventh Inquisitor, or the fifth brother, whatever his yeah, name was. Yeah, whatever his name was. But the, the guy from Rebels. Yeah, with the beat The other guy ears. from Rebels, not yeah. the Grand, yeah, uh, not, Grand Inquisitor, but the other guy. Yes, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gray guy with the... I, I think never, the fifth brother is his name because it's know. this... It's, well, she's second sister. Yep, fifth brother. Okay, him. Wait. Is it him? Yes. Are you sure? I'm looking at a picture of him, and I'm, like, 99.9% sure. But he looks like he has beat speakers on the side of his head. And the whole time, I was like, why? Why? Hold on. Kenobi and (laughs) Quiz. And everybody who I brought it up to, they were like, because it's Star Wars, there's characters that are designed. And I said, no, it's lazy, and it's ugly, and it's stupid looking. That's my opinion. But also, the makeup team did really good. They all looked great. Wait, which one are you talking about? Are you talking about the Grand Inquisitor, the, like, white guy, or the gray guy? The gray guy. The main guy. The main, the main guy. The main Grand Inquisitor guy? Not, like, not, like, the big, big one, but, like, of the The one that was giving her crap. Yes. Yeah, that's the fifth brother. Are you sure? Or I don't know. I can't figure it out. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. Yes. This is the guy who I'm talking about. He's like green. Yes. Yes. And he has little beat speaker ears. And <laughs> ever since I saw it, I said, those are beats. That looks like little, like the little, you know, the little JBL yes. clips? Yes. <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> um, trying to think. So... Yeah, I did not like him. I've never liked him, though, even in his appearances in Rebels. Wait. He's never... No, it's not Fifth Brother. No. No? Fifth Brother is the Rebels guy. No, it's the other guy. No. The Grand Inquisitor? What are you talking about? I think you're talking about the Grand Inquisitor. Like, the the Grand Inquisitor. Yes. Yes, it is the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, I didn't like his transformation into live action um but yeah i liked the inquisitors for the most part i mean vader was terrifying as always in a non like main trilogy movie i mean think of rogue one yeah i liked him he was good i liked seeing hayden christensen as anakin again that was really nice i loved that flashback so much i really liked it but he looked so old. He did. He really like, did. I get it. People age. It happens. But, like, I was watching this and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, Steve Carell, 40-year-old version. It, this is, like, this is like 50-year-old Padawan. Like. Yeah. Like, Which, they also brought back, what, the Owen and Baru yeah. actors, right? Which, yeah. for them, it works, though. Because, like, yes. at the end, at the end of the original, or of the 
prequel series, right? At the end, they're like what our age? Probably. They're like in their. I know that they just 20s. got to like got married right before Anakin comes and slaughters all the Tusken Raiders. Yeah, so they're like what twenty four. At most. It makes sense that they've aged a little bit. They look like they're, like, okay, they're, like, what, 24, 25, maybe 26. At we'll, the, we'll say. Like, maybe 30, 30 max, right? Yes. Probably not. But um, yeah. in this series, like, it makes sense. They look like But, yeah, for him to do a transition a and not them to do, like, a aging back a little bit of, like, CGI with Thank you. both Hayden and... Just Ian. a little. Well, I think Ewan looked fine. Yeah. Like, especially once they, like, once the beard got, like, trimmed and, like, it didn't look so, like, mountain man. It looked nice. And it was, like. Yeah. You know. It and looked he looked, like, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Because that man doesn't age. But. <laughs> well, that and also, how old was Hayden when he was doing the prequels? Like, in his 20s? Yeah, like. He's FYI, age- the prequels were. Like, 20 years ago. I know. Oh, my gosh. Somebody said, I saw this post today that somebody was talking about the musical Rent. This is, like, totally a detour. But, like, <laughs> one of the kids in the show was like, oh, my gosh, I've never done a period piece before. And she was like, oh, my gosh, Rent's a period piece. Because it's older than 30 <laughs> years old. Yeah. But, anyway. So. I-, I would make my... My director friend Jamal feels so old if I were to be able to be in his production of Rent and call it a... A period piece? Yeah. I already make him feel old. It's fine. Hey, Jamal, if you're listening. Hey. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. He told me he'd start listening to the show, so I don't know. Did he? We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. If you do, text Emma a pancake emoji. One or day, just tell me at Legally Blonde. No, like, no, don't weeks. even tell her. Just send her a pancake emoji <laughs> randomly one day. She's going to get a pancake emoji. She's not going to know why. So you're going to be like, what the hell is this? And he's going to be like, ooh, pancake emoji. And then just like leave. Like, that's it. Pancake emoji, ghost. So to get back into Obi-Wan. <laughs> or to Kenobi. Um, I thought it was going to be him watching over Luke. And then was very pleasantly surprised when baby Leia showed up. Agreed. Because obviously, like, I've read all, like, most of the books. Yes, go ahead. And, like, knew that Alderaan was more mountainous and we'd seen it a little bit in Clone Wars. And I was like, are we on Alderaan? Mm -hmm. Are are we going to see baby Leia? That is baby Leia. Mm -hmm. And then it was, like, the alien servant girl. Yeah, that was was funny. I loved that. I loved it, but I was so mad because I was like, where's baby Leia? And then then she was like, in the next scene. Yes. Here's my qualm with this show when it comes to... I think they're making a second season. Okay, but here's my... Hopefully it focuses on Luke. That would be kind of cool. That is the prediction. But here's my qualm with this show. And this is what I had said since the very beginning. Since... Obi-Wan first got hired to, or not hired, but asked by Bale to go find Leia, is that in A New Hope, the first introduction we get of Leia is her talking to Obi-Wan, saying, you fought with my father in the Clone Wars. But, like, that still works. It does, but 
I feel like that's a lot less like descriptive and a lot less urgent than you saved me as a child. Like, like what? But also it explains why she knew Ben Kenobi when Luke is like, I'm here with Ben Kenobi. We're here to rescue you. She's My like, friend ben said Kenobi. the exact same thing. <laughs> Someone else told me the exact same thing. That when Luke and Ben Kenobi shows up, that she gets excited. And that's why it works. And I was like, that is such a deep, random scene. Like, that is, that is like, whoa. It works. You're the second person to tell me that. I don't think it does. It works. No, I think it doesn't make any sense. And people in the comments are probably going to be like, oh, she did it because she wanted to, like, make it as vague as possible or whatever. Like, Yeah, and Goose the Empire, like, heard it. I don't know. I think okay. I think it's a bunch of bull. I don't like it. I don't think we need to fill out the entire, the entire timeline between the Clone Wars and... The first land, the 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 first. A new hope. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think we need. I'm. Can you tell? I'm very upset about this. I don't think we need to fill out this entire like 15 years, 20 19. years, 19, 19 years. Because <laughs> Luke and Leia are 19 in A New Hope. Are you kidding me? What 19 year old looks like that? <laughs> Certainly not me. I didn't look like that when I was 19. I didn't even I look like know. this when I was 19. <laughs> but they're 19. Okay, whatever. Also, I don't want to talk about, but I'm going to mention it, how Solo takes place a year after Kenobi. Don't like it. Doesn't sit right. It doesn't. I, I, I've always known that there was, like, a huge age difference between, um, like, Leia and Han. Don't like it. But I don't like it. I think Solo needs to happen, like, five years after Kenobi. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Don't like it, but it is what so, it is. It is what it is. I guess when you're at that age, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, because she's already, like, an adult yeah. by the time I mean, they meet. By the time they meet, she's, like, what, 19? He's, like, what, 25, 27? Yeah. So, like, by the time they actually, like, get together, by the end, it's, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's better. Yeah. Than He's, like, in his early 30s. She's, like, in her mid-20s. A 10-year-old and, like, an 18-year-old. Yeah, that's a huge difference. Don't like that. It's always fun to make people uncomfortable with that, though. Like, when you meet older people and you become friends with them. Like, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I graduated in 19, like, I graduated in 1995. And I'm over here like, I wasn't even born yet. And they're like, ah! Me with Jamal, because, you know, he used to be my former teacher. And now, like, I've been to the bar with him. And yeah. he's like, this feels weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things like that. It's it really feels fun. weird that you're 21. He, like... It was his 40th birthday party that I went to. Yeah. And he was like, it feels weird that you're 21 having a drink with me. Yeah, exactly. You invited me. Yeah. But. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. um, We didn't really get much of Brea. We're going to talk more about her a little bit. I think they made her seem kind of like a hard ass. That's kind of how she is in the books, too. I don't like it. 
I not like a hard ass. She's more protective. And in the like profile I have later on that I'll talk about, you can kind of understand why. Okay. You know what I loved? Bail. Yes, but also Baru, Baru. and Owen. Yes. I am so sorry for listeners for that clap, but yes, which I'll, I'll just go into it now a little bit, but before anyone is like, that's so unlike them, whatever, from like the one thing we've seen of them in A New Hope. Okay. They were in like two seconds of like two movies. Thank you. Um, But Baru Lars, I'm going to read what I wrote. Later on, because it's not in the book I was taking all my notes from, but I knew it. So in the novel Queen's Hope, which came out th- earlier this year, we get more of Baru's story. And it talks about how on a supply run in Mos Espa, Baru stopped at Watto's junk shop to have her portable nav fixed. There she met Watto's, at the time, slave Shmi Skywalker, who fixed her device for cheap. And then sometime later... Brew, who at the time was Brew White's son, um, introduced me to um, Cleeg Lars, who shortly freed and married um, Shmi Skywalker. And then Brew assisted Shmi Skywalker with locating and deprogramming the chips of former slaves, including Shmi. That's pretty cool. Like, it's pretty badass, let's be honest here. Yeah. Like I said, she was literally in like two seconds of two movies. She's all, Luke, yes. come inside. And he's like, ah, I was going to go to Tashi Station to get power converters. And like, that's it. <laughs> yes. But like, I love her so much. And I'm so glad that we're finally getting more of her story than just like the five seconds we've seen of her in other things. And I love and that it makes like, me happy. I love that like Owen came home and was like, get ready. It's happening. And she's like, okay. And she was like, rah, getting everything together. And then like, I know. I love her. <laughs> And then, like, Reva was, like, right there, and she was, like, no. It was, you know what it gave me? It gave me Molly Weasley energy when she does the no. She is such a Molly Weasley. You know? She is literally such a Molly Weasley. Absolutely. It, she radiates Molly Weasley energy. And I love it. In, like, a good way. Yes. I love her. Yeah. Me too. I will say that, like, every, like, Obi-Wan talking about, Padme or Anakin to baby Leia scene just sob. Yeah. Broke my heart. Tears. When she's like, you um, especially mother, the, didn't you? Especially the last one where he was like listing like the attributes she got from each parent. I sobbed. I was so sad. Like, I understand. So when the first two episodes came out, I got sick because it was the week after Megacon, which everyone got sick who went to Megacon. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know a single person that went to Megacon and didn't get sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm lying in my bed watching Obi-Wan, just sobbing, you know, because I'm sick. And You were sick. Watching this show. When I watched it, I was hungover. <laughs> I was like, oh, I feel like crap. And I just laid on the couch all day and cried. <laughs> and it was super cathartic. I ate soup that day. Even though it was like a million degrees outside, I ate. Sleep. Yeah, I watched that, and I think Miss Marvel, and also that stupid Chippendale movie. I'm still mad about that Chippendale movie. It's fine. I heard it was like Discount Roger Rabbit. That's not why I'm upset at it. Okay, we'll talk about that another time. But okay, 
Yeah. I noticed. I, I, I talked about my opinions on it on Kara's show a little bit. Got it. I noticed something while watching the final battle between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. Okay. I don't know if you noticed this. Obi-Wan breaks one half of Vader's mask. And Ahsoka breaks the other half. Yeah. Come on, man. I was going to say it all nice and dramatic and be like, bum, bum, bum. And you were... <laughs> beat me to the punch. Uh, I'm even wearing my Ahsoka shirt because of I that. know you are. I know you are. Um, yeah. That, that broke my heart. Because I realized Dude. it as I was watching it. Because I was like... <gasps> mm-hmm. Tears. Yeah. Um, also, Darth Vader says that I killed Anakin Skywalker when, you know, Obi-Wan, the whole thing is like, I was the one who killed um, Anakin Skywalker, but then Vader is like, no, I killed Anakin. Yeah. So then we get the whole A New Hope thing, like, oh. Uh, I killed your Darth father. Vader killed Anakin. Yeah. That Obi-Wan says. Yeah. And that but yeah, he says. And that he says, but. Yeah. <laughs> Obi-Wan says to Luke. Yeah. No. <laughs> All I can think of now is that, no, that's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> also, can we talk about how Quinlan Voss was, like, named? Who? Is what you're about to say? <laughs> so he's from Clone Wars. I forget what episode he's from, but he's from a couple of them. And he goes on a mission with Obi-Wan. And when they're in that, like, underground, like, Jedi savior thing to get Leia off world, they mention, oh, Quinlan was here. I kind of remember this. I kind of and remember him now. Quinlan Voss, who was, like, the, like, dreadlock looking Jedi dude. Oh! Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes, now I know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about? I know Hold who on. you're talking about, but all I can picture is Kit Fisto, but I know who you're talking about. <laughs> I know it's not Kim Fisto. I know who you're talking about. No. Here, I'm pulling up a picture. Him. Yes, that's, yes, yes. That's who I, yes. That's who I was thinking. But yeah, Obi-Wan, like, looks at what's-her-face and goes, Quinlan was here. Yeah. And I was like, (gasps) which means, like, we know another, like, I don't want to say prominent Jedi, but, like, a named Jedi from Clone Wars that survived. Yeah. Order 66. So we got, for sure, Ahsoka. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. Ahsoka. Yoda. Yoda. Quinlan. Quinlan. Caleb slash Kanan. Yeah. Cal Kestis. Yep. Makes me happy. That's, like, a good <laughs> seven. Six. Six. No, Seven. Yoda, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, Quinlan, Caleb slash Kanan. And Cal. And Cal. <laughs> I didn't get all my phone. <laughs> You're doing great, guys. Can you tell I've had a really long day? It has been such a long day. It's been such a long week. It's only, it's only Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, Kara just texted me. No. Oh, she sent me a TikTok. That's what she texted me. Oh, yeah. I'm not posting the video of this. Oh, I'm not going to lie. 
I haven't washed my hair in like three days. It's fine. Well, I just washed my hair the other day and it actually looks pretty nice, but. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, let's see. What else? Qui-Gon. <gasps> no, like five seconds we got of Qui-Gon. I sobbed. And then I looked at him and I said, that man never ages. He has not aged no. a single I love day. Liam Neeson. No. I love Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson has not aged one bit. I looked at him. I was like. I may not like one of Liam Neeson's former co-stars right now. It's fine. I'm not going to get into it. Which to say I'm not a huge fan of William Mosley, who plays Peter in Narnia right now. It's fine. <laughs> he may have lied about the Netflix Narnia thing starting at a different point than what we've been told by Netflix to, like, mess with fans recently. Okay. And I'm not real happy with it because I'm now confused. Dude, are you kidding me? I've been so confused about the whole funny girl thing for, like, weeks. Good for you. You're talking about the fandom news for funny girl. Oh, we'll get there. But, uh, anyway. Yeah. Liam Neeson. Not aged a single day. He looks exactly the same as he did 20 years ago. Yes. Good for Um, him. I loved that moment so much. I did, too. And then where he was all, way to next, master. I was like, ah! I know. Literally, I hope that we get a season two Mm. with. I think I'd be okay with no season two. I'd be okay with no season two, but if we do, I hope we get more with Qui-Gon. Maybe. And more with Luke, because it was like advertised as like a luke show right like we didn't get a young leia casting at all i don't think it was advertised as like a luke show i think it was advertised as obi-wan i didn't see like i didn't see anything no but we got like a bunch of like oh luke's gonna be in it luke's gonna be it and they're like ha misdirection leia's in it (coughs) i mean they didn't technically lie luke is in it for all of like 30 seconds he has all of like two lines but (laughs) Yeah. And I desperately wanted him to talk about Tashi stationing at Valerie Converters. <laughs> I wouldn't mind them aging up the show a little bit. Maybe like just like three episodes. a year or two. Yeah. But getting more of like Obi Wan on Tatooine. Eh. I don't know. I'd be okay without I, it, I think. I, I'd be okay without it, but. If they're going to do it. You know? Yeah. I just worry that, like, if we fill in, like... Too much, too it's going to, like, overwhelm. Yeah, that not only is it going to overwhelm, but it's also going to be, like, there's so much overlapping. Then it's like, okay, what's actually canon and what got retconned, you know? Yeah. Because like we've already gotten some stuff retconned. Yeah, like all some of the, some of the stuff from Rebels has already been retconned, and it's like, well, not really. I thought I saw a post about it. Was it Rebels? It might have been something else. It was early on when we thought they killed off the Grand Inquisitor, then it was retconned. But there was nothing in Rebels that was retconned now. Okay. Well. Anyway. Because Obi Wan still like. He will have... How much of Rebels have you seen? Honestly, not much. 
So. Okay, there is an Obi-Wan episode of Rebels. Okay. And it hasn't been retconned. Okay. I know that much because it has to do with Darth Maul. Okay. And we got nothing of Maul in this show. That's true. Which, honestly, good. (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree. I've had enough of him. I have too. Let's get some more cool villains in there. Like Reva. I liked her. I thought she was good. I did too. I thought she was scary. I thought she was badass. I liked her. Can we get a Reva show instead of a second season of Obi-Wan? I like it. And it's just her her destroying the Empire from the inside out. Newly turned spy. I love her. I love her so much. Speaking of rebel spies, I loved... Oh my gosh, what was her name? The, the 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 Jedi lady. Yes. I know who you're talking about. The lady I like, completely forgot the name of earlier. Who I wow. loved. Yes. But yeah, no, I think he... they could like have a show with just them. Well, she already died, but ooh, spoiler. Yeah, she, 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 she died. She did. But <laughs> this is a spoilerful sh- episode, let's be honest. Yeah, I guess if you're we're right. talking about o- Kenobi. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh but this they need not. an episode. They need a series of Reva, like, destroying the Order from the inside out. I think that would be badass. Obviously, she doesn't yeah. do it, but, like, trying to. Yeah. Climbing the ranks. I'm trying to find um, that, the, the girl's name. Uh, it's not working. Hold on. Kenobi show female Jedi. Just look up cast. That's too much work. I love how I'm saying that going on IMDb. Um, Tala. Yes. Her. Her. I like her a lot. I do too. I do too. I loved Bill. I loved seeing him on screen again. Yeah. He also looked old. Yeah. But not as old as Anakin, which is where I'm like... He was in the in the Heights movie recently. He was? Yeah, he was Kevin Rosario. In, in, the, in the Heights movie. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I think that makes me want to see the movie less. Why? I don't know. I just don't know how I'd feel about seeing Kev- about seeing uh, Bail Organa. Bail Organa. <laughs> It's Kevin Rosario. It's like it's really hard for me to watch Moulin Rouge. I, I honestly same, <laughs> but like he was real good in in the Heights. Not gonna lie, he is probably one of my the better performances. I'd say that's good. Yeah, I'm usually not a fan of Kevin Rosario as a character. I always skip over his song. I don't like. I don't song. think they even put his song in. They didn't. No. For time, because it doesn't do anything for the story at all. No. It's literally it just to give the other actors a break. It gives you a little bit of an idea into his mindset, mindset. Yeah. but anyway, that's not what we're talking about. But yeah, I mean, he was in Rogue One in 2016, and he didn't look that bad. No, he didn't look that bad in Rogue One. I'm saying he looked old now. I know, but Rogue One was in, like, 2016. It wasn't that long ago. It was, like, five Did years they DH- ago. That's still not that long ago, Five years is a long time. 
<laughs> okay, the difference between 10 and 15 is huge. True. I mean, not... I mean, when you're looking at the difference between 20 and 25, okay, maybe. Yes. But, like, okay, the difference between 45 and 50 is, like, whoo. Mm-hmm. That's, like, kind of a big deal. 45 is, like, eh. And then 50 is, like, whoa. Yeah. Halfway through your life, True. you know? Maybe. <laughs> Might have already passed halfway maybe. through your life. You know, some people have their midlife crisis at, like, <laughs> At Dale and Brea. Huh? in Brea for dying on Alderaan at like what 40s 50s okay let's just assume that in this series they're like in their 40s they look like they're in their 40s yeah yeah I mean he was at least 30 when Padme was like 17 yeah so so that means that they died at 49 if we're assuming that they're 40 in this show because we're nine years from um, from yeah. A New Hope. <laughs> That's sad. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I loved all the scenes on Alderaan, but I was also like, wow, this planet gets blown up in like nine years. <laughs> which was also me reading the Leia book, which is 16-year-old Leia. I was like, wow, this planet blows up in like three years. That is so not what I was thinking about. <laughs> I was like, this is such a gorgeous planet for it to be blown up in like four years. <laughs> That's not something to be laughing about, but it's just like, what the heck? I was like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. Wow, those trees are so pretty. Oh my gosh, I love Lola. Like, I love Lola. Hold up, we haven't Lola. talked about Lola. <laughs> so, yes, we love Lola. She's adorable. <laughs> yes, I love Lola. When, okay, so you know when they have Leia captured and she's, like, at the base or whatever? Yeah. And she's like, she's like, help me, help me, help me. Somebody come help me. Like, you know, screaming. Yeah. My parents, like, looked at the TV and they looked at me and they were like, what are you watching? I was like, Star Wars? And they go, oh. (laughs) They were like, this is not the Star Wars we remember. And I was like, no, no, it's the new series. And they were like, okay. Were you like, that's baby Leia? Yeah, I did. I, he was like, who is that? And I was like, this Leia. And he, my dad was like, weird. And <laughs> he walked away. <laughs> my dad, like, has been watching the show with... Or, so my dad started the show probably two weeks after it started. So, like, was watching it with me mm-hmm. and was like, wow, they really didn't know how to film her running, did they? <laughs> that was my dad's, like, one comment about Leia. <laughs> Oh, he's great. He, he's been out of town for, like, the past, like, week, and it's been sad because I haven't gotten, like, quippy comments from him. I love your dad. I, like, so badly just want to sit down and, like, have a conversation with him for, like, a good hour. We could do a whole Halloween episode with my dad for, like, an or hour. he would just gush about Halloween. Yeah. And then I, I can probably talk him into it, not going to lie. And I that I think the movies are lame, and then he'll get mad at me. <laughs> And I don't. Maybe then we don't have you on a Halloween episode. Also, I'll be in Mexico on Halloween. On Halloween? On Halloween. So we have to film Halloween early. We always do. I know, but still. Yeah, I'm going to be in Mexico on Halloween. 
So any final thoughts about Kenobi? Um, I think there's a few plot holes in terms of how this connects to A New Hope, and I want them to clear them up in the next season. Yeah. Leia needs to, like, yeah. get something to happen to her where she kind of forgets. I don't know. Either that or, like, again, if she didn't want it to be intercepted and, like, get Kenobi in trouble I don't know. for helping her earlier. I don't like it. I think it's lazy writing. I don't know. And I think it turns a cinematic masterpiece into just, like, convenience. Yeah. Like, it's not enhancing it. It's just making it, like, oh, this is I how want it them... goes together. Because the Leia book is my favorite of the novels that we've gotten. I want them to make the, like, Leia book from when she's, like, 16 into a show or movie. That I would watch. <gasps> I... Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. Show called Twin Sons. And it follows. And it's sixteen year old Luke and Leia. Leia. Yes. Yeah, because in Leia, Princess of Alderaan, which we'll talk about a little bit later, later when we get to Brea's whole thing, mm-hmm. um, takes place when Leia's finding out about her parents' involvement in the rebellion. Okay. And it's like really cool because she's like, "I want to help fight," and her parents are like, "No, you are sixteen." and then she's like so and then goes on missions and like kind of ruins things for the rebellion and then her parents er, and then Mon Mothma's like I'll I'll take you along I'll I'll show you how to be a proper rebel leader and then um, Bale's like I guess I kind of have to make you a rebel leader now just shrug yeah which is and then it leads into a new hope that way because we've seen her fight yep you know yeah i'm excited so speaking about these women of the galaxy Mm -hmm. i have this book it is actually called women of the galaxy and it was written by amy ratcliffe and it has artwork of 18 female artists and it includes profiles of 75 characters including those from the original trilogies like all of the trilogies and movies and series that have come out by 2018. And I figured we'd go through some of the profiles of characters and stories that we don't talk about as much. Like Brew Lars and Bray Organa. And R2KT and Jocasta New. Because I love Jocasta New. I also love R2KT though. <laughs> I was like, we kind of have to include her story. And I, if we're going to talk about I, the underrated ladies. I cried. <laughs> reading it i was i was like going through the notes Have earlier you, today and i just like oh my god it's cried it it, it it's sad it's sad um, should we start with that sure start i kind of wrote them in alphabetical order because this book is in alphabetical order as you saw in the table of contents that had sent you yeah do we start sad or do we end sad or happy happy sad happy happy ow i hit my elbow Eh, there's like two sad ones because we also talk about Satine a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of sad. And Shmi. They're all kind of sad, let's be honest. Yeah, let's just start with R2KT because we've kind of talked about her a little bit. Okay. So R2KT is a pink astromech droid um, that was inspired by a real life creation designed by the R2D2 Builders Club. 
for those of you who do not know, they're kind of like the 501st Legion or the Rebel Legion that, like, they make R2 units for charity events. Yeah, and they're awesome. They're so awesome. And they're one fully of them, functioning and everything. Yeah. They had, like, a whole group of them over at MegaCon when I went. Mm-hmm. They had, like, everyone from Chopper to R2 to 3PO. Yeah, and they're awesome. And everything in between. And they're amazing. Mm-hmm. And it, like, on each card by their droid, it showed how many years it took them to make them. I don't even want to know. It's, like, three years. Yeah. For some of them. Yeah. And, like, a year and a half for, like, a some of them yeah it, it just depended seriously guys go check them out online the r2d2 they're amazing Club. they're awesome um but they had constructed um r2kt for katie johnston who was a young girl diagnosed with terminal brain cancer who wished she had a droid to watch over her just as r2d2 watches over padme amidala in attack of the clones i'm like actually gonna cry right now this is really sad and since Katie loves the color pink, the the builders made a special pastel pink astromech for her. And R2 Katie stayed by Katie's side through her last days. Which is why she's named R2KT for yes. Katie. Yeah. And then R2 Katie joined the galaxy on screen in the animated feature Star Wars The Clone Wars, which was the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, as one of the droids serving the 501st Legion, which was fitting because Katie's father, Alvin, is the father or is the founder of the 501st Legion fan group. No. Yeah. That wow. Um, and then after loyally serving the Republic and characters such as Anakin Skywalker during the Clone Wars, R2 Katie continues to serve galactic good as part of the resistance and can be spotted in the force awakens and i just love that story so much of r2 katie it gives me chills and like also tears it shows how good the fandom can be yeah i mean because again like her father is the founder of 501st who is like they're known for their hospital trips for kids. Yeah. And we, we've talked about some of the more negative sides of the fandom. So I think it's really nice that we get to talk about something that's really positive and that how wonderful yeah. the community really is when we can come together around something yeah. like, like this, you know? Yeah. But yeah, like this story has always touched my heart because I found out about it when reading this book, and I think I got this book last Christmas, like, 2021 Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the first stories that caught my eye. It's like, Ahsoka's in the book. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know Ahsoka's story. Because it kind of, like, as you'll see, because most of these are, like, word for word what the book says. Mm-hmm. Um, except for Baru, which I put in the little story I already mentioned. Yeah. But this is, like, word for word what the story says, or the book says. And I was like... We know Ahsoka. I know Ahsoka's story. I could probably tell what's in this book. Yeah. By heart. But, like, R2 Katie and some of the more underrated women, like Jocasta New, that we'll talk about a little bit later, I didn't know their story until reading this book. Yeah. I really suggest this book for any female fan of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Or just I think I've gotten it. Or any fan, period. But, like... I got this book for my, um, I, I don't want to call her my baby cousin, but my little cousin Avery, who's like 12 now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I got this book for her because she's a Star Wars fan and she, I, I wanted her to know more about these badass women that like 
sure we have Leia and Padme and Jen and Ray and Ahsoka on screen, and they have some of the longer pages in this book. Yeah, of course. Of course, because they have more story yeah. to them. But, like, I don't know. Characters like Artsy Katie and Jocasta New, and I'm trying to think of others off the top of my head, and I don't have the book near me, but, like, Ayla Sakura and all of them that have, like, one page compared to the four pages that the main women have. Mm-hmm. It's been so interesting to read their stories and kind of delve deeper. That's Yeah, that's really cool. Plus, like, who doesn't love a good coffee table book? Am I right? It's such a good coffee table book. I, and the artwork is gorgeous. Here's the thing. I, I would do, like, a whole Archive Sunday version of the artwork that's in cool. this book. I have a problem with coffee table books. <laughs> I will pick them up and I will buy them and then I will never look at them again. I... I me, but Women of Star Wars, that book, I've read multiple times at this point. Yeah, I'm not allowed to buy coffee table books anymore because they just sit there and nobody ever touches them. So I'm not allowed to have them yeah. anymore. <laughs> so who do we want to do next? Um, I mean, we already talked about Baru a little bit. So, like, let's... So let's should we finish Baru's yeah. story? Okay. So so I've already talked about her thing in um, Queen's Hope, so we don't have to talk about that. Yeah. Again. But um, Baru, White Sun Lars, is first introduced to fans as Aunt Baru, um, also known as the woman, the woman pouring the blue milk in A New Hope. I loved that sentence so much that is from like... <laughs> the book. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I'm pretty sure everybody knows her as Aunt Baru. But, like, also, like, she is the woman who's pouring blue milk for everyone. This is true. <laughs> in a new hope but as the adoptive mother of luke skywalker she helps to raise the farm boy turned hero for 19 years supporting his hopes and dreams and particularly advocating that he be allowed to attend the imperial academy rather than spend endless seasons on the lars's moisture farm i hate that word lars's no moisture or moisture <laughs> i yeah. hate that word yeah it's a terrible word i I find it interesting that she was so, like, vocal about him joining the, like, Imperial Academy and getting off of Tatooine, unlike her husband. I think she wanted him to have a better life than they had, than her, than yeah. his dad had. She didn't want him to turn into his father, and she knew what he was. Oh, yeah. And she knows that, like, staying in an environment where you're unhappy and, like, it's a hostile environment, like, that breeds resentment. And she's a smart lady. She is. Um, Baru also had dreams of her own, however. Her cooking class teacher compliments her work, a blue milk cheese, saying yes. that it's the best he's ever tasted, <laughs> and she strongly considers opening a cafe of her own in nearby Anchorhead. Oh my god, that's so cute! But she gives it up after adopting Luke. Um, but before adopting Luke, she and Owen wanted to have children of their own. But obviously, with the arrival of the young Skywalker, she becomes dedicated to their new family and keeping Luke safe from the perils of Tatooine and his true father, Anakin slash Vader. Bonnie Pease, who played young Beru Lars, she stated after getting cast, quote, I watched the scenes with Beru from A New Hope over and over until I felt I had a good sense of the character's nature. She seems very kind, grounded, and loving to me. So that's what I tried to bring to the role. I also felt that as I was playing her when she was younger, I wanted to bring in a little shyness. And I feel like that totally comes through, especially in Kenobi. Like, yeah, she's a badass, but you also get this, like, mother-nurturing 
role from her, which again, I the Molly Weasley, yeah, like again, the women of or the women of or the mothers of Harry Potter are just like such badass, but like they're like on another and, level badass. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to bring too much Harry Potter into it, but Molly Weasley, Billy Evans, um, Nymphadora Tonks. Narcissa Malfoy. Mm-hmm. Andromeda Tonks. Or Andromeda Tonks, a little bit. All of them are such strong women that, like, they're strong in them being grounded and them being just loving mothers and protecting their kid. Even, even, um, Fleur Delacour, like, it was her sister, but still, yeah. she was, like, motherly towards her sister. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on but, yeah. to our next lovely lady who we've also talked about a little bit, Miss Brea Organa. Oh, I love her. Brea Organa, a leader and astute politician and benevolent teacher, um, Queen Brea Organa of Alderaan assumes another important role when she and her husband Bale commit themselves to caring for the orphaned infant Leia in the closing moments of Revenge of the Sith. Notice how we have the two adopted mothers of the twins like first. Well, the book is in alphabetical, alphabetical order, order. I know. But, like, still. Yeah. Um, she and Bale always wanted to have a girl, and Brea opens her soul to Leia, loving her as her own and making her heir to the Alderaan throne. Which you can absolutely and Brea see. T- oh, yeah. And Brea takes a hands-on approach to her royal duties in mentoring, promising young people in their world's peaceful and democratic heritage. But she's also a fighter. What? Where are you reading this? Oh, I see it now. (laughs) (laughs) But Brea is also a fighter, a strength she displays after surviving severe injuries during a series of personal challenges undertaken by all heirs of the Alderaanian throne. So we see this a little bit in Princess, or Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Where when they turn 16, they have to undergo, like, a challenge of the heart, the brain, and the body. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think Leia's is, like, a diplomatic mission to, like, give someone whatever. Leading, um, I forget what her diplomatic mission was supposed to do. It fails. Mm-hmm. That That's all that matters in that book. Um, but then her mind one was... To serve on the Imperial Academy. And then her body was to climb like the highest mountain on Alderaan. Mm-hmm. But Brea's heart and lungs are mechanized as a result. And rather than hiding the glow of those pulmonoids, I'm going to guess is how you pronounce it. She allows them to remain visible as a reminder of how valuable life is. And how valuable life is is something that Rhea keeps in mind as she and Bale begin to meet with others in secret opposition to the Empire, with Rhea cleverly bringing together key architects of the Rebel Alliance under the guise of royal banquets. Which is genius. Oh, it's so genius. I love her so much. Um, And she understands the risk to herself and others if they were to be found out of aiding the rebel um, alliance and when a teenage Leia expresses concern about the stakes of rebelling and the lives that could be lost Freya advises quote when it comes to the morality of what we may have to do um, we have to find our way through many shadows end quote mm-hmm. 
which I love. I literally... I like um, Brea better in Leia, Princess of Alderaan, for the moments we get with her and Leia, like, alone, just the two of them, more than I did in her with Kenobi. Mm -hmm. But we also didn't really get that many moments of her in Kenobi. Not really at all. So, yeah. And as I've stated multiple times, Brea's background and role in beginning the uh, Rebel Alliance is explored in Leia, Princess of Alderaan, and the author Claudia Gray stated, quote, it, is, it was especially great to r- write Brea. I figured Leia wasn't raised by a woman who was some sort of shy, retiring, passive creature. So it was a real honor to breathe some life into the last queen of Alderaan, end quote. Yeah, I feel like you could really see that, at least in the like little bit of her that we get in Kenobi. Yeah. So she she's not like this I don't I don't want to say traditional queen, but like she's not a just sit around and do nothing type person. Yes. She she isn't as like I don't want to say like as like rebellious as her husband, but she definitely works in secret. I think she's strategic. Yeah, she's more strategic than Bale. Let's he's be honest. He's very here. impulsive and she's like he's not as impulsive he's not as Anakin, impulsive. but he's but like, but like, he's a guy. Yeah, come on. <laughs> like she thinks about things and like plans it, and there's you can see yeah. where she's coming from. So should we jump do to one of to one of my faves, one of my babes? Okay, I loved you her can, so, you, so you can do Satine. Um, so we're gonna talk about Satine, Chris. I was saying her last name and her first name at the same time. I said, come out, Kristen. Satine Crease. Satine Crease. Okay, you can read Satine Crease. So, as Mandalore's latest Civil War ends, she sees the culture's warrior past as the root of its problems, and she rebuilds the entire government upon the nonviolent principles of the new Mandalorians. What follows are assassination attempts, another civil war, and the rise of a violent insurgent group called the Death Watch, of which which Satine's own sister, Bo-Katan, is a member. But Satine remains conceived, convinced, I can read, (laughs) Satine (laughs) remains convinced throughout that that these new rules are Mandalore's only hope for a future, which we see very clearly in the whole Mandalore arc of Clone Wars, which made me fall in love with her. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. Corky Kenobi, fight me. Um, <laughs> I, I was just about to say that, not going to lie. Anybody who disagrees. Especially with this me. next sentence that you're about to read where it mentions Obi-Wan. Yeah, because like as we Well, learned, she mentions Obi-Wan in a couple of times in this thing. But, because they're lovers. Yeah. Yeah. As we learn in Star Wars The Clone Wars, Satine keeps Mandalore neutral in the conflict despite her complicated past with the Jedi Obi-Wan Kenobi and her friendship with Senator Padme Amidala. She and Padme are besties. Oh, yeah. She and Padme are besties, and she and Obi-Wan, they be hooking up. And they be having a child. Named Corky. Named Corky. <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> I love when we don't record episodes for a while and then come back and it's just this energy. Yeah, we got we got some real energy. 
Um, so she leads her people through numerous hardships, such as the corruption of their prime minister and the influence of a dangerous black market. And she's also able to do so in part because she raises an eyebrow at everything happening around her. Smart lady. She knows. Yes. Question yes. everything. Crime junkie rule number. I don't even know. You never really know anybody ever. She knows. Yeah. She's a crime junkie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when Obi-Wan tries to argue in favor of the Jedi's role in the Clone Wars, she observes archly, quote, the work of a peacekeeper is to make sure that conflict does not arise, end quote, which is like yes. genius. I love her. I love her. So uh, Anna Graves voiced Satine, quote, a spitfire lady with a lot of gumption. I admire Satine's passion, and she clearly cares for the people of Mandalore and their future. The fact that she was so bra- that she was brave enough to introduce new ideas of pacifism to a system whose history is based on being warriors shows she's willing to do anything to keep Mandalore safe from the Republic's growing power. I also love that she does not hide away her passion for Obi-Wan. He has been an important part of her past, and she does not forget that. Even when she tries to, she just can't forget. Because they have a child together. Yes. I swear. I thought that we were finally going to get that answered in Kenobi. And I'm so mad that we Season didn't. Season two. I'm not going to lie. Season two. Can we get Corky Kenobi Confirmed. In? Yes. Please. Literally. Literally. If, like, he just, like, passively was just like, oh, yeah, I have a son in passing. Like, that's all we need. That's yeah. all we need. Like, a, oh, I had a son once like that's all we need because i don't know if i've talked about on this show but when i met or not when i met but the clone wars panel that i went to at megacon it had james arnold taylor ashley Eckstein, and matt lancer Mm -hmm. so obi-wan anakin or ahsoka and anakin and one of the questions that one of the audience members asked was what would what would anakin and ahsoka's reaction be to corky kenobi and I remember James Arnold and Taylor going, oh, my. And, like, his Obi-Wan voice. Yeah. And Ashley Eckstein said, I know. Just, like, how she did when Anakin was like, I wanted to lead the Order. Like, that I know. Yeah. She did that same I know to Corky Kenobi. And then Matt Windsor stands up. And it's, like, one of my visual memories from that panel he stands up and goes, the whole time? The whole the whole time? Yeah. Just yelling at James Arnold Taylor. The answer is yes. Yes. Absolutely, yes. Corky Kenobi exists, and the Clone Wars actors agree. Yes, 100%. So, That's that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll end with the Chosen One's mother. How about that? Okay. So I can talk about Jocasta New real Go quick. Go ahead. So Jocasta New, she is the chief librarian of the archives in the Jedi Temple, and she spends most of her time managing holocrons, data files, and books, and she helps Jedi of all levels learn, including Obi-Wan Kenobi and Attack of the Clones. Gabby. Okay. We got in a discussion about this before we started this episode, because I was like, I don't yes. even remember who this is. And she was like, she helps Obi-Wan Kenobi and Attack of the Clones! So, and I was like, when hey. Obi-Wan is trying to find the, like, when he's trying to find the planet of Kamino, based on the information of Dexter Jetzer, the, like, diner guy Mm -hmm. she's the one that helps him in the library okay i like vaguely remember this 
That is her. Yeah, yeah, helping. yeah. I know. I, I, I know who she is. Okay. I'm just saying. But I don't anyway, really remember her in that movie? She was in it for like two seconds. I didn't even know her name. Jacasta yes. New. I love her. Um, for sensitive Anna Jedi, um, Jacasta New will find ever more dangerous circumstances in which she must defend and help the Jedi knowledge. In the Clone Wars, she is attacked by Claudite shapeshifter Kato Ferris City, who is on a mission to steal a holocron. That I remember. That I remember. And then later, so she's another Jedi that survives Order 66. There we go, up to seven. Yeah. Um, And she preserves all of the Jedi, um, knowledge of the Jedi Order that she can in hopes of one day beginning anew obviously we see that with ray but she doesn't know that because in marvel's 2017 darth vader comic we see her return to a ruined archive seeking a holocron with details about force sensitive children um she is there met with vader and is killed off not like she gives a fight but but she ends up getting killed off by vader i mean um eventually does yeah even vader himself yeah, but I think she's met first with the Grand Inquisitor, and she like sees him throwing around his or her books, and she's like, "Not my books, not my. You, books, you are not you bitch." No, she literally says, "Get your filthy hands off my books." That's a fat mood. to the Grand Inquisitor. That's like a fat mood, though. <laughs> I love her. Um, again, obviously, she ends up losing the battle to the Grand Inquisitor, and then it's taken to Vader and is killed. Big sad. But, like, she she doesn't die without, like, giving a fight for, like, the knowledge of the Jedi to survive. Yeah. Which, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have Luke reading the Jedi text and starting the Jedi Temple anew. Obviously, he ends that with <clears throat> Kylo, or Ben Solo, very shortly after. Mm-hmm. But then Rey wouldn't have the knowledge of the jedi of the past this is true to start her own temple so like without jacosta new we don't get the jedi temple really surviving post okay order 66 every time i think Let's of be Luke in the jedi temple all i can think of is when he's standing there and like force ghost yoda has like burned the place <laughs> down and it's that <laughs> meme it's like the burning elmo meme but with yoda <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. That's all I can think of when I think of, like, Luke, Jedi Temple, burning Yoda meme. Like, <laughs> that's, how, that's how my brain works. Yes. Um, so shall we end our little talk about the women of the galaxy with the mother of the Chosen One? Well, I think herself? it's honestly one of the most underrated characters. Same. Even more underrated than Satine. Also, really quick, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about Satine. Ewan McGregor has two love interests in two different franchises named Satine. I know. I feel like we talked about it before on the show, We though. might have, but he does. In Moulin Rouge, her name is Satine. Yeah, Moulin Rouge, her name is Satine. And the Clone Wars actors, they were asked, or not the Clone Wars actors, but the Clone Wars creatives like Dave Filoni were asked in a panel at one Star Wars celebration, not this most recent one, but, like, one in the past, mm-hmm. if they did that on purpose, and he went, I didn't even know that he played a character. <laughs> or he had a character. Like, not in that movie, but, like, a character named Satine as a former love interest in another movie. Oh. And he was just like, I just chose the name because I liked it. 
Interesting. And then it turned out to be the same name as as Satine Moulin Rouge. Rouge. Yeah. Yeah. I would absolutely name a kid Satine. I think that is a very pretty name. I like it a lot. I don't know if I name a kid that, but I like it a lot. Better than Shmi. But anyway, <laughs> Shmi Skywalker is the mother of Anakin Skywalker, and she must say goodbye to her young son so he can fulfill his destiny and have a better life than she can provide. She gives him into the care of Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn, even though she knows she may never see her son again. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it might be best for Anakin if she doesn't. And as Anakin begins to leave, he returns to his mother and promises to come back and save her. She offers words of reassurance, but she also knows that he must be free to live his own life. Be brave, she says. Quote, don't look back, don't look back. End quote. Shmi's life is one of the hard uh, is one of hardship from the beginning. After her parents are captured by pirates, she is forced into slavery at a young age first to Gardella the Hut and then to junk box junk boss Watto. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't succumb to despair and is able to maintain a courageous core optimism, instilling in her son values of compassion, kindness, and the necessity to help others. We see that a lot in Phantom Menace also, because doesn't he be like, you say the one problem with this galaxy, or the biggest problem with this galaxy is no one helping out yeah. each other, yeah. Nobody whatever each he other says. Or whatever. And then that's why he starts making, um, C-3PO. Yeah, Rupia. Yeah, to help her out. Which I love. Um, which for a 10-year-old. Which me is... That's pretty impressive. Is so smart. I love him. We don't see Luke doing that at 10 years old. Maybe Leia. He was playing... But not he Luke. He was playing with a... With a... With a <laughs> toy. With the little droid that... Or the toy that Obi-Wan gave yeah, him. Yeah, the little plane toy. Or the ship toy or whatever it is. Yeah. But Shmi is strength personified. Her medal isn't tested on the battlefield. Instead, it's proven through her love of Anakin. Absolute facts. And Pernella August, who is the actress who played Shmi, she talks about how she was nervous to play the role of Shmi Skywalker in Phantom Menace because it was her first English-speaking role in a film. But she did it anyway. She's a Swedish actor, for those of you who do not know. I did not know. And Phantom Menace was her English, her first English speaking role. Wow. Yeah. I'm impressed. And Pernella August says that she can relate to Shmi, quote, it's a beautiful part. I love it very much. It's so warm. I feel very familiar about it because I have three kids myself. She's very brave in a way to let him go. She really does believe in him and that he's going to take his responsibility for his life. End quote. And I mean, he does. Yeah. After, like, I love Shmi so much. Also. I would love a Shmi story. I agree. Also, I saw this thing that most people probably have already seen, but, like, we haven't <laughs> talked about it yet. That, like, okay. you know, they say that Anakin was supposed to bring balance to the Force. And yes. he was a Jedi from the time he was 10. No, sorry. Yes. He was a Jedi from till he was 23. Right? He became Darth yeah. Vader at 23. And then he died 
at 56, 23 years in the light, 23 yeah. years in the dark. It blew my mind. I saw that like yeah. a few years, like a few months ago. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, like, again, we talk about like the like fighters of the galaxy. Yeah. Padme, Leia, Jin, Rey. But we never talk Ahsoka. about like she gave up pretty much everything. Like her entire for her world. Son. For her son. Like her son was her entire world, right? Her whole life. She was fighting for him. Just like Baru and Brea, let's be honest, for their adopted kids. Yeah, not even their own exactly. like, flesh and blood. And like, yes, we talked about Jocasta New and Satine and um R2 Katie. But like all these ladies are badass in their own way. Like I think it just goes to show there's not just one way to be a fighter. And there's not just one way to be strong. Yeah. I would love to do more of this Women of the Galaxy book. Like, anytime we bring up Star Wars and just talk about another random person. I agree. Because this book, I wish I brought it downstairs with me when I went to go record. Because I would have showed you the artwork. It is gorgeous. They make a calendar with the artwork from this book. Is that that calendar that you have on your wall? Yeah. yeah. You've sh- Not the one from this year, but the one from last year. You showed year, yeah. me. It's so pretty. It is pretty. Yeah. So. Um, I really liked the Brew artwork. I'll have to post it, like, on the Instagram story. Let's just post it But it's Instagram. her holding, like, a baby Luke. It was so that cute. That sounds really cute. And Brea's was, like, her b- blue dress from, like, I think Revenge of the Sith. I know which one you're talking about. The, like, blue dress with the, yeah. like... I don't want to say armholes, but the like the cut-offs, like the, the off the shoulder. Yeah, they like cut off the, sleeves. The cut off thing. shoulder, cold shoulder. Yeah. cold shoulder. That's what it's called. Well, no, there's like where it's like just the shoulder bits cut out. Hold on. Emma's just shaking her head at me. She's like, "No, that's not what I'm talking about." And I'm like, "Yes, it is." This is what I'm talking about. This is the dress that they have oh. for, for the picture. Where it's like cut off on the sleeves. Not what I was thinking of. It looks like almost mummy bandages. Yeah. Oh, this is literally the artwork from the book. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. But I love it so much. I'll have to find the Satine one and send it to you. Okay. Hold on. Let's see if I can find it while so, we're still recording. Is there anything else you you want to say before we wrap it up and make our way into some fandom news? I don't know. Oh, found the Satine one. Oh, my love. She looks so sad. I know. <laughs> um, oh no. Again, I'd like to talk more about these. Um, I don't want to say more underrated women, but like not just like. Yeah, underrepresented is the word. Like, I would love to do one just of like the Jedi of the Jedi Order. Like the women of the Jedi Order. Okay. You know, yeah, for sure, because we have like Dippa Bulaba, and I don't want to say Barris, but Barris, and all of them, and Yaddle, and Yaddle. I don't know if Yaddle's in the book. I don't book. think she is. Somebody, there was a trivia is. question that I saw. Somebody asked, and they said, "How many known, like, how many of Yoda's species are known to exist?" And everybody was like, "Oh, two: Baby Yoda, Grogu, and, and Yoda." And they're like, "No, there's three. <laughs> And I was like, I knew there was three because you got Grogu, I did too. Yaddle, and Yoda. <laughs> yep. 
I like so. I, I'm like I know that's like a really common like thing that like r- most fans know, but I just I like that I know that. Yeah. Um. So shall we get into some of this fandom news? Because I feel like we're gonna rant a little bit about some of yeah. This stuff. And there was a lot that came out. So oh. Before we even start fandom news, I have some Gabby news. Oh, yeah. Gabby news. Are we doing Gabby news first? or I say let's do it first because okay. a lot of people tune out. True. A lot of people, this is where they leave us. So, um, I'm not going to be like on the podcast super regularly these next few weeks. For the next, yeah, for the like, next two months, right? Uh, yeah, about like two-ish months. Um, it, I'll, I'll pop in when I can. Um, I will tell you the bits that I can tell you because I'm not allowed to talk too much about it yet. Um, but I got cast in a theater production here at a pretty, like, big deal playhouse here in uh, in San Diego. And um, it, it's at the Coronado Playhouse if you live here. It's, it's a great show. I'm really excited. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm in a show. And it's going to take hey. up a lot of time. Um, yes. I start rehearsals on Monday. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Wow. I got the call Sunday night. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So we start on Monday. Yeah. So I've already been reaching out to some of my friends, not just people that have already been on the show, but some new faces yes. and new voices. Um, so like, yeah. So I'm going to be popping in and out. Um, I'll be around. I'll still post and I'll still... Like, come on when I can, yeah. but my schedule is going to get super busy here, and I only have so much time in the week, and most of my days, so rehearsals are from 7 to 10, and I work at 8 a.m., and I have to be asleep by 11 if I want to be up by 6 to yeah. go to work at 8. And we normally record 7 p.m. Pacific time, 10 p.m. Eastern yeah. time. Yeah, so, and I have rehearsal Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, <laughs> Yeah, so it's, yeah. It's, it's a lot. And Fridays are usually busy for me. Yeah, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best to make some time, maybe on Sundays if we if we have some time. But um, Sundays should we? Emma's work. gonna have a lot of fun guests popping in, and they're gonna talk about a lot of different yeah. stuff. Um, I have so far a Kingdom Keepers episode written, a Narnia episode written. A Peter Pan one written with my good friend Tyler. I'm so excited for him to be oh, on. Best friend Tyler. Oh, he he's mad at me because I'm going to his workplace on Saturday when he's not working. <laughs> he works at the Polynesian Resort, and Sean and I are like resort hopping for a two year anniversary. Which is adorable. And we're going to literally the restaurant that Tyler works at for our like lunch reservation. That's hilarious. On his, like, one day off. I love that. But it was because he told me he was working on Saturday, so I was like, Saturday. I'm going to be sneaky and, like, put this reservation yeah. in. Yeah. He's like, just kidding, I'm not working on Saturday anymore. And then he was calling it blasphemous. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, But then I'll have some more, maybe some Star Wars. I don't but know. Yeah, so there's a lot of fun stuff happening. Um, stick yes. around. Like I said, I, I will be around, so I, w- I won't be gone. I'll just be busy. So, yes. Exciting news! I will I will post about the show when I can. Because fandom news and outro will be Super very long. long for me. Okay, so getting into this fandom news. Okay, so during our two week or our three week 
break off of recording. A lot of fandom news has come out, so this is a highlight reel of the biggest news that's come yeah. out. Yeah. So. Starting with probably the biggest news that came out literally on Monday of the week we're recording this. Which is the news about the revival of Funny Girl. So, Beanie Feldstein, who's currently portraying Fanny Bryce, she's going to leave. She's departing from the show on July 31st. And Jane Lynch, who is currently portraying Mrs. Bryce, will depart on September 25th. Standby Julie Benko, who is amazing, by the way. Oh, yeah. Will be leaving the production on September 4th. It was also announced this week that Emmy Award nominee Leah Michelle will be portraying Fanny Bryce and Tova Feldsa as Mrs. Bryce starting on September 6th. Yes. I think Jane Lynch may have announced that she's also leaving on September 4th with standby Julie Benko since me writing the th- the notes. I don't know. But don't quote me on that. All I know is that people are like, OMG, the tea. It's because she doesn't want to work with <laughs> Leah Michelle again. Yeah, that, like I saw that she like was leaving before Leah left. Or be- before Leah started. Yeah. I mean, people are like making so. it tea. I don't think it is. I don't know. I just like... I don't think Uh, Leah Michelle offers anything new to the role. I agree. I think she's going to do... I don't really want to get into it because I was really annoyed with it on my car ride home with my boyfriend. I think she's going to be an exact copy-paste of Barbra Streisand. Yeah. Um, My little bit that I was talking with Sean about was how Beanie Feldstein was bringing a new life to Fanny Bryce because this is the first time this show's been on stage, like, on Broadway. In, like, Since Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Since Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Played the role. And Barbara Streisand was, like, a park and bark, like, where she was just, like... She had a great voice. Stood there and sang. Acting. And dancing. Yeah. But Fanny Bryce is more, like, dancing, acting than singing. Agreed. Was, which was bringing a new life to this role. Plus, she was actually and, funny. Yeah. Not to say that Fanny Bryce, not to say that Barbara Streisand wasn't uh, funny, just that, like, you know, because Beanie it was Beanie Feldstein is a comedic actress. Yeah, she's a comedic actress. Leah Michelle is a dramatic actress. She doesn't know how to do comedy unless it's, like, bitchy, crazy theater girl. Yeah. I don't like Leah Michelle and either. And I'm sorry, but we're going to get another Barbara Streisand kind of park and bark with Leah yep. Michelle. And it's going to annoy me. I agree. So. Speaking of, like, TV actors going to, like, stage. I know. What is this? Though I'm excited for this. Yeah, one. I think it'll be good. Um, star of the sitcom, The Big Bang Theory, Jim Parsons, who plays, uh, why did I? Sheldon Cooper. Sorry, what? Sheldon Cooper. Um, he's going to lead the cast of Classic Stage Company's fall production of A Man of No Importance, portraying Alfie Byrne. The show will begin performances on October 11th with an opening night set for October 30th. I think he'll be good in this role. I think this is very much a good role for so him. Too. I think so, too. And, like, I don't know. I've seen him do more things that weren't just Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Post him doing Big Bang Theory. Like, he was in that Hidden Figures I movie. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> I he was that. really good in that movie, too. Um, he was what? really good in that movie, too. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I'm excited for him to see that. Yeah, I think it'll like, be good. to see what happens with yeah. that. Next one has me kind of ticked off. 
Um, Netflix has announced I know. a stage play set within the world of Stranger Things is in the works. Don't like it. Um, the new play will be set within, quote, the world and mythology of Stranger Things, end quote, and will be produced by Sonia Friedman, Stephen Daldry, and Netflix. Stephen Daldry will also direct the production. No, don't like it. You have another Stranger Things fact coming up, I know, too. and I haven't even seen the third season, or the fourth season, or whatever we're on. I don't even know. I, I've, honestly, I'm first starting this show now. I'm on the second season, like, episode five right now. Mm. First time watch through ever. You know what? I also wasn't I- too keen on the third season of Umbrella Academy. I started it, and I watched, like, maybe four episodes, and I was like, I don't like this. Yeah. Um, the Princess and the Frog reimagining of Splash F- Mountain was recently announced and it will be called Tiana's Bayou Adventure and it will be opening in late 2024. I'm so excited for this. I think it's going to be adorable. Also, I think so I saw somebody who said that like if when you're going up the main hill for the drop, if it's not and it's the are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? If it's yeah. not friends yeah. on the other side with the are you ready with the masks moving. I'm excited for this. I think that'd be. I think there's a lot of I, there's a lot of creativity that can go into this. I think it's yes. gonna be very cool. I'm interested because I I have a friend right now that is one of the Splash Mountain attendants over in Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. I wonder how if they're getting any comments from it, and I should ask her about if they're getting any comments about. Do you guys know when you're shutting down for this and all that well, stuff? Well, they don't know at Cali- They don't know in California yet. I don't think they know here yet, but I'm sure she gets comments every single day. You know what else we need to know about? When we can freaking buy magic keys again? That'd be nice. I know that annual passes went on sale a little bit. Speaking of magic keys. Oh, I skipped one. Sorry. (laughs) Speaking of Stranger Things. Netflix is developing a spin-off Stranger Things, and the new series will be based on an original idea from Matt and Ross Duffer, who were the twins who created Stranger Things, and there are no details on the story or characters yet. Again, yeah. this is one of those things where I'm like, eh, I don't know. We gotta see what the story's gonna be. It might be interesting. Yeah. So speaking of <laughs> Magic Keys and Disney Parks... Let's talk about everybody's favorite Disney guy to hate. So the Disney Board of Directors has voted to renew CEO Bob Chapek's contract, Boo. which I hate. I hate this Boo. so much. He's done nothing but like terrorize the Walt Disney World company. He has made the parks a money-grabbing, ridiculous, elitist place. So we finally got Mirabel, and so I'm kind of happy. And we're getting... I think on Saturday is the first day that Peter Pan will be like be able to meet and greet at Magic Kingdom again, and the world will be right for me. I think Kim is gonna not cry gonna on Saturday. I'm gonna be so mad because I'm not gonna be able to go in the parks because I don't have an annual pass. It's fine. Tyler said that he's gonna take me into it uh, into the parks before um, summer ends there you for go. me. So, um, yeah, Bob Chapek, get your ish together. Get those magic keys out, otherwise people are going to start freaking rioting. Yeah. Also, speaking of the parks, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique sets reopening dates for Magic Kingdom and Disneyland Park, and the reopening date is August 25th of 2022. Which I'm so excited for kids. 
So, this next one I have if opinions on. It also has to do with Magic Kingdom slash Disney Springs slash Walt Disney World over here. Um, so, the Brightlight High Speed Railway Station, which was going to be part of the Sunrail, which is, like, run by the Florida government, mm -hmm. their station at Disney Springs has reportedly been canceled, which there's been a lot of happening things happening between the Florida government and Disney World that I'm not surprised that this is happening, but also, like... Isn't it that the Florida government that wants them to, like, be back into, like, Florida... On the Republican side of... No, no I thought it was, Florida like, they politics. wanted them to, like, not ha have, like, own their own county. I thought they wanted them to reincorporate back so into Florida. So, it started off with Disney World being like, we're no longer going to support Republican politicians in Florida. Mm -hmm. And then the Florida government, like, retaliated back being like, we don't want you to be your own county anymore. Ah. And then Disney World just retaliated again with this Bright Light Rail Station thing. So, I feel. By fighting, they're not accomplishing anything. And no. all they're doing is making the lives of the people miserable. Hmm, who could have predicted that? <laughs> exactly. Which is why I'm kind of upset about it, but I understand why Disney's doing it. At the same but it's time. also on both sides. Like, yeah. Just figure it out. Make the whole point is like, yeah, it's supposed to be the most magical place on earth, and right now it's not feeling very magical. Bob Chapek. No. Yeah. Come on, Bob. Which is why, why was he reinstated again? They know how we Party feel. directors. Why'd you freaking do this because again? Because of the money. We'll get into more money things with my last little fandom news that was just drama that just was brought into like all the Liam Michelle things. This yesterday. <laughs> I was at work too. So I was like listening to it and it was like, ah, uh, uh, but, uh, but, uh, and while well, I was like flipping through it in Snapchat. <laughs> no, it was on. You texted text. me about it and what then you sent me a Snapchat you? about you ranting about it. And I was like, I am at work. <laughs> no, I ranted about something else to you on Snapchat. You ranted about me. Not you this. ranted about a lot of things. I was babysitting for the past, like, 36 hours. Mm -hmm. You need a... You deserve that wine. <laughs> um, dig deeper into the behind-the-scenes magic with a new docuseries coming to Disney+, Plus, Light and Industrial Light and Magic, which will begin streaming on July 27th. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, like, fully did not... <laughs> I think I'm going to explode. Um, so, the Tony-nominated production of Paradise Square will be closing on this upcoming Sunday, July 17th of 2022. So, in the past, for y'all listening to it now. Um, but recently, unions... It was Actors' Equity Union, and there was another union involved... United Scenic Artists, local USA 829, which is part of the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, are um, taking the producers of the Broadway show Paradise Square to court for over $350,000 in unpaid benefits and wages. Yeah. Now, this producer has already been in jail for embezzling funds before. Mm -hmm. 
So, like, he's going back to jail, let's be honest. Probably. In this whole situation. But here's the thing. It's white-collar jail. True. It's not the same. True. I mean, he served, like, I, I think when I was looking it up yesterday, it was, like, five years in Canadian prison. Crooked people are always going to be crooked. Yep. I don't know why he was allowed to do this again, but oh well. People want to see the best in people, which is why you should live by crime junkie rules. You never truly know anybody ever. Rules to live by. Yep. Uh, Be weird. Be rude. Stay alive. (laughs) Can you tell I've been listening to a lot of crime junkie? Yes. So, shall we get into this outro? Sure. So, this is going to be my last outro for a little while. Oh no, I'm so sad. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Fan Fatales. We are a proud part of the Real Fans Podcast That's Network. That's right, and if you want to check out more shows on the network, you can find them at rf4rm.com. Next week, Gabby will be gone. But I'm going to be on with our editor, Kara, to celebrate her birthday while discussing some Barbie movie classics. Remember to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe to us on YouTube. Please leave us a review or comment down below to tell us what you thought of the show. And remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod for the latest updates. Now, Emma, where can the people find you on social media? So my Instagram and TikTok and Twitter are all at SniffyEmma which is S-N-I-P-P-Y-A-M-M-A. What about you, Gabs? Gabby Gabby Gent on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. That's G-A-B-Y-J-E-N-T. Our editing is by the wonderful Carol Lindsmeyer. As always, thank you for tuning in. Bye! Bye. The music expressed in this episode did not fit